Hi, my name is Pete Scazzaro. I want to welcome you today to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. So great to be with you. Today's topic is Skills to Revolutionize Your Prayer Life, Part 2, uh, The Ladder of Integrity. So as I said last week, Jerry and I spent 21 years working on skills to apply scripture uh, to equip ourselves and other people to love others, to actually be present to other people like Jesus is. And it actually all began with us because we'd been married for eight years when Jerry and I hit a wall. It was a, it was not a wall we could get through by ourselves. And so we reached out for help for some very wise counselors. And we were taught an abbreviated form of a simple skill that we call today incarnational listening. Now, the only way that we did listening uh, was for the purpose of defending or giving an opinion or advising. Uh, up to that point, our way of communicating with each other was rapid fire machine gun type communication. So we would finish each other's sentences and we'd interrupt one another. Uh, but listening, uh, and actually we, with a skill called incarnational listening, and again, it, this, these two wise counselors just uh, structured it for us in such a way that enabled us to actually be present and hear each other, so transformed our relationship uh, and actually opened up all kinds of scripture to us that at that point was only just a teaching point. And uh, it transformed our relationship with not just with each other, but with our children our family, extended family, friends, neighbors, and actually the whole church. And so it was, it was an eye-opener for us in terms of the power of skills to provide an experience of uh, biblical theology that we were trying to teach and live, especially as it related to loving other people. And so we set out on a 21-year journey of figuring out the de development of skills. Uh, just try to imagine, imagine this, 21 years we wanted not just get equipped ourselves, but actually disciple other people, not just to love God, but to love other people. And so we wanted to break down break down scripture very practically. And so over time, we'd had 14 skills and 12 skills and 16 skills, and we field tested it in hundreds and hundreds of churches around North America, as well as around the world, nuancing them culturally in our environment. So we had a 1.0 and a 2.0, and then finally... Uh, we published it with uh, with Zondervan in a course that we call Emotionally Healthy Relationships. And we ended up with eight core skills. And they actually form the framework of part two of the Emotionally Healthy Discipleship course. And again, it's called Emotionally Healthy Relationships. And uh, I, as one pastor uh, wrote recently to me after experiencing the course, he says, wow, uh, I was well familiar with Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, the part one of the course, but I had no idea that the Emotionally Healthy Relationships course and these skills were actually the secret sauce of EH discipleship. You really can't do EH discipleship without it, and that is very true. So here's the eight skills that we ended up with uh, as core to transforming a whole culture and a community. The community temperature reading, stop mind reading, clarify expectations, genogram your family, explore the iceberg, which we dealt with last week, listen incarnationally or incarnational listening, climb the ladder of integrity, and clean fighting. So each skill, is, it's, it's a revolutionary in its own way, but I've picked two um, for this podcast that are significant. I dealt with one last week called Explore the Iceberg uh, to, that actually has capacity not simply to transform our relationships, but actually our prayer life as they have for Jerry and I over the years. But this week, I want to talk to you about climb the ladder of integrity. I'm asked often about the issue of differentiation. How do I grow in differentiation? Uh, now, differentiation is defining your 
life goals and values apart from the pressure of the people around you. Uh, the key emphasis on differentiation is to be able to think clearly and carefully as a means to uh, discern, you know, your, discern God's will to know yourself and to know God. It's actually apart from feelings or besides feelings or just not only with your feelings. So uh, the ladder of integrity is really a tool to grow and mature in differentiation. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play a 15-minute clip from the Emotionally Healthy Relationships Core Session 6 on the Ladder of Integrity. And you're going to hear Jerry and I explain the ladder. And you'll also hear uh, a pastor named Phil work out his doing of the ladder uh, in a, with himself and in a relationship with a co-worker, a fellow staff person. And after you listen to this clip, I will come back and I'll explain to you the implications of the ladder of integrity. I'm using it uh, to really revolutionize your own prayer life. Uh, so if you're not driving or jogging or walking, or if you're perhaps sitting down as you listen, I want to invite you to download a PDF of the graphic of the ladder of integrity that I'm going to be explaining in this uh, podcast in just a few minutes through the explanation Jerry and I will give. Just go to www.emotionallyhealthy.org slash ladder. That's emotionallyhealthy.org slash ladder. And you can just download, again, for free, the PDF of the graphic that I will be explaining in this podcast. So for now, let me invite you to listen uh, as we explain the skill that we call the ladder of integrity. Let's review where we've come in the Emotionally Healthy Relationships course. In session one, we began with the community temperature reading, our beginner skill. In session two, we did stop mind reading and clarify expectations. Then in session three, we did genogram your family. Our fourth was explore the iceberg, and our last session was listen incarnationally. This session builds on the previous skills and is more challenging. We call this climb the ladder of integrity. This is used when something is bothering you, when you have been experiencing tension with someone or a situation. You find yourself perhaps angry or frustrated, bothered or hurt. Oftentimes it has to do with the fact that something important to you, something you value is being violated. Let's review the purpose of the ladder of integrity. It is to clarify your values by processing your thoughts and feelings, and if necessary, to assert yourself respectfully. Here are some examples. Every time you're out to dinner with your friend, they take phone calls. It's getting to you, but you're not sure whether you have a right to say something. You have a family member that tells racist jokes. It really bothers you, but you don't know how to address it. You call your friend, but they never call you. Why does this aggravate you so much? A coworker continually talks negatively about another coworker, and you have this growing uneasiness about it. Your friend consistently takes needless risks when driving, and you have conflicting feelings about it. You're on edge every time you call home because there's something about the way your mother or father talk to you that disturbs you. You are becoming more conscious that you don't like watching movies that your spouse picks that have inappropriate or unnecessary sex or violence in them. Climb the Ladder of Integrity is meant to help you get honest and clear about what's going on inside of you and to discover your values and how for you they are being violated. Once you identify why something is important to you, then you can take responsibility for it. This, of course, involves slowing down for reflection, and that's what the Ladder of Integrity is all about. 
It's meant to help you respond respectfully based on your values rather than merely being reactive. In other words, it enables you to live with integrity. What I mean by that is, what is important to you on the inside is congruent with what you are living on the outside. Let's go back to those earlier examples. Every time you're out to dinner with your friend, they take phone calls. So instead of getting frustrated and saying nothing in an effort to be nice, or something sarcastic like, oh, nice of you to join me again, you climb the ladder and get in touch with your value of having a relationship where you can give each other your full attention. You have a family member that tells racist jokes. It really bothers you, but you don't know how to address it. So instead of avoiding them or saying something like, what is your problem? You climb the ladder and you get clear about your value for the dignity of all people. You call your friend, but your friend never calls you. Instead of deciding, I'm not going to call them anymore, you climb the ladder and get clear on how you value mutual initiative in this particular friendship. You are on edge every time you call home because there's something about the way your mother or father interact with you that you find disturbing. So instead of making excuses of why you can't visit them, you climb the ladder and realize that when your mother or father speak to you, your own sense of value and dignity feels diminished. You prefer they speak to you clearly and respectfully. So you take the time to prepare to have a conversation with them. I've learned that in order to have a healthy relationship with myself and others, I need to know my values. I need to be congruent between what I value and what I am living. Climbing the ladder of integrity helps us move towards this healthy integration. A lot of us don't realize how much depression and anxiety can stem from living out of fear of expressing ourselves. Unfortunately, most of us have not been taught how to discover and uncover our values. The reason the ladder of integrity is so important is because scripture tells us we are each uniquely created in the image of God with distinct preferences, hopes, dreams, and values. No one else can live your life and express your values except you. So climbing the ladder of integrity may sometimes involve moral issues of right and wrong. Other times it may involve gray areas or or personal preferences. For example, in Galatians 2, Paul's integrity caused them to confront Peter about his hypocrisy by refusing to eat with the Gentiles in the church at Antioch. It may be a moral issue, such as pornography, abuse of anger, or stealing. Other times when we are talking about integrity, we are talking about what Romans 14 calls gray issues. Gray issues refer to things that are not necessarily right or wrong. We may differ on the kinds of movies we watch, tattoos, how far above the speed limit we go. Paul writes in Romans 14, some consider one day more sacred than another, others consider it every day alike. Everyone should be fully convinced in their own mind. Remember, the ladder of integrity is not a conflict resolution skill. Fight cleanly, the next skill will be used for that. The purpose of this skill is for you to clarify what is going on inside of you so you can identify your values and then if appropriate, respectfully assert them rather than react or blame others. Note the progression of the ladder in your workbook. Notice we begin at the bottom and we go up. Numbers one to six have to do with what's going on inside of me. And so you're gonna see now sentence stems that you'll be asked to complete. 
Number one, right now the issue on my mind is. Two, I'm anxious in talking about this because. Three, my part in this is. Four, my need in this issue is. Five, my feelings about this are. Six, what my reaction tells me about me is. Then it moves to what I value in numbers seven to ten. Seven, this issue is important to me because I value, and I violate this value when. You'll notice a star next to this because this is the heart of what you are trying to get at in the ladder. Eight, I am willing slash not willing to. Nine, one thing I could do to improve the situation is. And ten, the most important thing I want you to know is. Then finally, the last two sentence stems deal with what I hope. Eleven reads: I think my honest sharing will benefit our relationship by. And twelve, I hope and look forward to. Now we've included two additional examples of the latter in the appendix. This will give you ideas of how others have completed the sentence stems, which I think will be useful for you when you write out your own ladder of integrity. For now, we are going to show you a model of someone using the ladder of integrity. His name is Phil, but first I need to give you some background around the issue. It has a number of details, so stay with me as I explain them. Phil was on staff at New Life Fellowship. He was in charge of the baptisms at each of our three Easter Sunday services. Mirna, another staff, was responsible for scheduling the people getting baptized at each of the services. It had been a busy weekend already with Good Friday services. It's now Saturday morning. Phil gets a text message from his supervisor, Rich. Rich had run into Emily, a 17-year-old girl, at our Good Friday service. She was all excited because she was getting baptized on Easter Sunday, and her family, who didn't attend our church, was coming to watch. Rich looked at the baptismal list and realized Emily's name was not on it. So he texts Phil and says, "Follow up on this situation. Emily's coming to get baptized." Saturday is Phil's Sabbath. And he's with his wife, and what was supposed to take five minutes ends up costing him five hours. It gets resolved. She gets baptized, but he is frustrated by the experience. Now Mirna, who was responsible for getting the names straight for the baptism, missed Emily's name. So on Easter Sunday, Mirna says to Phil, "I'm really sorry for what happened." Phil then says, "It was not a big deal. It's okay." When Phil told me this, it was obvious that it really did bother him. So I suggested he use the ladder of integrity. So we worked with him on this. Now you're going to watch Phil practice with me going up the ladder. Notice that he will process his thoughts and feelings with someone neutral, not the person with whom he has the issue. In this case, I will be the neutral person, and I will listen without interrupting or asking questions. Also, notice that Phil will start at the bottom and go up the ladder. After that, we will bring in Mirna so he can speak to her directly. After you watch him model it, turn off the video and follow the instructions in your workbook. Hey Pete, would you mind if I could practice the ladder of integrity with you,、uh, just so I can get all the blame out? Sure. So right now, the issue on my mind is my lack of honesty about how your scheduling mistake impacted me around Easter Sunday. When you came and apologized, I told you it was no big deal. When in reality, it was a big deal. 
I'm anxious about this because in my Indian culture, it's an unspoken expectation that a younger person never raise an issue with someone that is older uh, or a more experienced staff person uh, when they make a mistake. We are to keep it to ourselves, uh, but this eventually damages relationships, uh, churches, and families. I'm also a people pleaser, and I really want you to like me. So I was afraid that you could be offended and create some distance between us. So my part in this is that I wasn't honest with you, and I lied. And my need in this is to acknowledge that I was dishonest with you. My need is also to practice speaking truthfully with another person, uh, or an elder, or someone that's more experienced on staff. So my feelings about this are many. I was disappointed in myself, and I was a bit devastated when I realized that I had lied to you. To tell you that it was no big deal was the furthest thing from the truth. See, it was my Sabbath, and it was something that my soul desperately needed between Good Friday and Easter Sunday. So it was the one day of the week that Debbie and I get to spend together uh, and share our Sabbath. And it also happened to be the weekend of our one-year wedding anniversary. What I thought was going to take about five minutes to fix took about five hours. So to try to make most of the day, we went to the mall, and I ended up making phone calls from the car uh, while Debbie went shopping. Now, shopping is a joy for Debbie, but it created this anxiety in me because I was nervous that she was going to spend way too much money at the mall. So as I was doing this, she went and shopped, and I was spending time trying to fix this in the car. So as you can see, I went through so many emotions on this day, having my Sabbath and my anniversary impacted, and then realizing that I lied to you on that Sunday really disturbed me. What my reaction teaches me about me is how deep my family of origin and my Indian culture avoid having difficult conversations, and that lives inside of me. <clears throat> and it was easy for me to be dishonest with you. And this really grieves me deeply. This issue is important to me because I value truthfulness and having integrity within myself. And when I don't speak honestly, I violate my own integrity. This is very disturbing to me because I want to be a person who is authentic, that you can see on the outside and I am the same person on the inside. I'm not willing to continue this pattern of dishonesty. One thing I can do to improve the situation is by taking time to get clearer with myself and also take opportunities like this one to engage in a vulnerable and humbling conversation. So the most important thing I want you to know is that I respect you and I value your work as an awesome executive. I want you to know how difficult this is for me because of my history and family and culture. I think my honest sharing will benefit our relationship because it will build this greater trust between us. You will know I can be honest with you and I will not be holding on to anything internally. I hope and look forward to more opportunities in our working relationship and also an opportunity for us to be a sign of the kingdom to our community. And I hope you feel free to come to me as well. Phil, that's great. So now you can obviously do a lot of integrity just for yourself. Sometimes you want to go talk to the person. Would you like to that we bring Mirna in and you speak to her? 
I think I need to speak to Mirna. Okay, great. Thanks, Phil. Hey, Mirna. Hi. I just want to thank you for just taking this time for allowing me to share something very important to you. Yes, of course. And it has to do with the scheduling mistake on Easter Sunday. Hmm. Now, I really appreciate that you apologized to me uh, the next day. But the reality is, when, I came, when, when you came to me and I said it was no big deal, mm-hmm. uh, that's the most important part here. I lied to you. Wow. Mm-hmm. What I thought was going to take about five minutes to fix, in reality, took five hours. And it happened to be the one day of the week that Debbie and I get to share a Sabbath. Mm-hmm. It also happened to be the weekend of our one-year wedding anniversary. Oops. So the day was all thrown off. Now, my purpose in telling you all this now is uh, I want to acknowledge that I was dishonest with you. Mm. Um, And I'm very surprised because I brushed it off like it was nothing. What grieved me and scared me was that I was so easily lied to you. Mm. So as I reflected on all of this, um, I realized that it is deep within my Indian culture and my family of origin to avoid having difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. So I really want to ask for your forgiveness, Mira, for not being honest with you and lying to you and pretending like everything was okay. By God's grace, I am totally committed to working on this area of my life. See, I respect you and I value your work as an awesome executive. Thank you. And I'm hoping this is an opportunity that will just build greater trust between us and also an opportunity for us to be a sign of the kingdom to our community. So I just want to thank you for allowing me to share this with you. Thank you, Phil, and thank you for sharing. And yes, I forgive you, and I'm sorry about that. I'm very, very sorry. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Now, the backdrop to that conversation that Phil had with Mirna and myself is that he worked, he used this ladder of integrity in his prayer life multiple times over a period of multiple weeks before he ever, you know, worked it out with me and then with Mirna. Uh, It helped him get clear on what God was saying to him, what God was trying to do in him. And it really impacted his whole relationship with Jesus. So again, the skill is not about confronting another person. It's about getting clear within yourself before God. That's what makes it prayerful. It's being done in the presence of the Lord. So for example, Jerry and I had a friend uh, who was asked to take this role in a Christian organization, a significant role. And in the past, she she never said no to anything. It was always yes, nor, generally out of guilt or the fact that there was such a great need before her. Uh, but she actually used the ladder, again, as a prayer tool to sort out the fact that internally she felt unease, but she wanted to get clear about what was going on. So what was the Holy Spirit doing inside of her? And so over time, as she worked through the ladder before God in her journal, it became clear that for her to say yes would be over-functioning. Uh, it wasn't what God really had for her. It was going beyond her limits and would have a significant negative impact on her and her family. It wasn't what God had for her. And it led her to say a very healthy no, which she did. And again, it came out of prayer. I mean, we've used this in our marriage. In fact, this tool was birthed out of uh, our marriage because Jerry, uh, again, we hadn't developed the tool as formally, as clearly as we have here in that PDF that you hopefully downloaded. It's that Jerry 
got a hold of her integrity, her own values, and it enabled her to come to me in January of 1996 when I was lead pastor of our church, and she said, I quit. Uh, and really, but it came out of months and months of prayer before God, and she got clear on what God was saying to her and how she was not living out of her integrity by cooperating with some of my lack of integrity. And of course, it radically transformed uh, our marriage, our church, and you're here today as a result. And it ended up birthing emotionally healthy discipleship around the world. So remember, this is a tool that is used when something's bothering you. There's this unease, this dis-ease internally. And if you're in leadership, that happens a lot. Uh, that's why it makes us. That's why it's such a powerful prayer tool. Uh, I can't tell you how often I would use this as in, as a journaling uh, activity before God. So, for example, uh, uh, here's some example: a team member showing up late to a lot of meetings, uh, and I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, they're like passive aggressive, and uh, so. But I, I just, I'm just finding myself reacting, and so. I use the ladder to get a hold of, okay, what's going on in, inside of me? Or or someone's texting uh, during meetings or looking at their phone a lot and not present. Uh, again, I'm feeling it's bothering me, but I'm trying to get a hold of what is it underneath the bother there. Or someone's saying they're doing their role. It may be anything from volunteering uh, in a children's ministry or with the youth ministry, or they're, they're supposed to be leading in a certain area, but they're not, or they're serving on, on a board uh, but their life actually isn't reflecting the values of the organization or they're creating dissension. But they actually, when there's a conflict, they go into the conflict and they, they throw gasoline on it, not water. Uh, or they're doing something immature. And so, again, I, I would take the latter as part of my journal. And I would go through the sentence stems. Uh, and, uh, you know, well, right now the issue on my mind is I'm anxious in talking about this because my part in this is, my need in this issue is, my feelings about this are, what my reaction tells me about it about me is and so it's what's going on inside of me initially and the second part is what i value you know this is important to me because i value or i violate this value when now we're getting at the heart of the matter and one thing i can do to improve the situation the most important thing i want you to know is or i think my honest sharing will benefit our relationship by so or I, and i hope and look forward to and so again these sentence stems are are helps to help to listen to the spirit of god inside of me uh, let me give an example of one that I used it in um, that was, you know, very raw and close to my own, you know, core. And that is uh, I, when I was lead pastor at New Life Fellowship Church, where I was for 26 years, um, I was the founder. And uh, being the founder, I basically ended up mentoring and discipling uh pretty much everyone that was in leadership over the 26 years. And that included the board. I was the founder. So founders have an unusual amount of power uh, in an organization, even if it's not an, on an organizational chart. So the board are, you know, functioned as my boss, my authority over me. And so I was very conscious every Christmas to create, to give gifts to the, of a thank you to all the staff that worked at the church. And then the staff then would do it to the people who worked under them. But again, creating a culture of gratitude and thankfulness. But uh, as I was doing that over the years, and I would actually sometimes even go to the board and ask them for money uh, from our budget to to give to the people on our on our staff as a Christmas gift. It wasn't a lot, but it was significant in terms of communicating something. But the staff, the, the board did not do that for me. And at this point, I mean, this is going on for you know a very long time. And I was really bothered by it, and I felt unappreciated and unloved and blah, 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 all that stuff. 
and uh, found myself getting a bit resentful and anger. And so I, I had to use the latter uh, with myself to understand my own journaling and, you know, came to grips with all kinds of things. What was going on inside of me that, yeah, I really wanted them to be in the role of my uh, seeing themselves as caring for me, as that I too have have needs, you know, <laughs> to be appreciated and cared for. And they loved me, but I needed it actually shown. Uh, and so I got into the feelings and, and the value of how we treat people who are employees or work for us or volunteer for us. And I then I had to get a grip with the fact that I chose to plant this church uh, in Queens, New York City. Uh, the fact that most people on the board at that time, or a good portion of them, were not in management of other people. Uh, in other words, this wasn't a, a, a church like in the suburbs, a wealthy suburb, which I had some friends that pastored in wealthy suburbs, and they would get you know free vacations to Hawaii and you know et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I chose to plant a church where I planted a church in the, with with the people that are of Queens, New York City, which is you know Queens, and uh, that's what makes them so beautiful and wonderful. Uh, but I, I could have planted it somewhere else. So I got got a grip on, on that. Uh, but the fact that I value building culture, and this was important to me. So I was at the, at when the time, I finally came to the place where I actually brought it up at a board meeting. Um, I didn't go through the ladder by any means, but I, I brought the heart of the matter of what I was feeling, the value, et cetera. And it was a very easy conversation. Uh, and that was, they, they just were like, of course, fantastic. Uh, but I had to do all this internal work before God and myself to get clear and, again, doing my own differentiation work. So the beautiful thing is as you begin to integrate this tool, and that's what happened with me, I began to have more have difficult conversations with people from a centered place like Jesus. And, again, Jesus is our model of integrity because he resisted the voices around him uh, and he stayed on the clear path the Father had from him. He was not reactionary. Uh, but he was able to say at the end of his life, I've completed the work that you have given me to do. He was unafraid of people in a healthy way, but yet he was clear, honest, and loving and connected to them. And in so doing, here we are today. He brought the salvation of God to the world. So you see, if you can find your integrity, everyone around you will experience a newfound freedom as well. We've seen this again and again. Your growth in differentiation sets everyone free. So let me invite you to go to our website at emotionallyhealthy.org slash ladder. Download the graphic I'm, I've been talking about here in this podcast called The Ladder of Integrity. Again, that's emotionallyhealthy.org slash ladder. Uh, it's a graphic. You can fold it up, put it in your journal, and um, and use it uh, along the way as you're bothered and upset by things to as a prayer tool within yourself before the Lord and to listen and interact with God about it. So I, I commend it to you. I can't tell you how this has served leaders and people in general and a great discipling tool around the world now for a very, very long time, very powerful. So thank you, everyone. It's so good to be with you today. And I pray that you find this tool as revolutionary as I have over the years. And it actually becomes a part of you to like, like a training wheel. You actually don't need a tool anymore because it's actually in, it so lives inside of you that you can put the training wheels aside and just ride the bike on your own. So God bless everybody. Have a wonderful day. Great to be with you.